This is Amber. And this is Shannon. And you're listening to Twin Beaks, the Chicken Fanatics podcast. It's fucking great. This is the Twin Beaks Podcast, episode 10, the Yay. big 1-0. <laughs> Hello. My name's Shannon. And I'm Amber. And welcome to the Twin Beaks Podcast. Well, we just made episode 10. We're here. Yay. Double digits. <laughs> Charging through. All right. Let's see here. Uh, we've got a lot of interesting things coming up on the show today. Where have we been for a month? And- all right, yeah, we went for a whole month to Guatemala and uh, lived various places, especially Lake Atitlan and the villages thereabout. And we saw what did we see there? My goodness, so many chickens, so many roosters, chickens, chicks, roosters, just everywhere. You walk to one end of the town to the other end of the town, and you might literally see 40, 50 chickens on the way. It's crazy. Oh, sure. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> to, they, they sort of become ambient. Yeah, and there's some really fantastic varieties there, too. You wouldn't expect to see so many different uh, spectacular breeds of chickens. We saw frizzle roosters and naked necks all over the place and really strange, strange kinds of uh, mishmash of genetics going on. So it's pretty fun. And we're going to talk about that later, but... When we did get back from Guatemala, you set straight away to doing what? Checking on my chickens. Checking on the chickens, and they had grown up quite a bit while they were gone. They're very big. Very big. So big, in fact, that it became obvious that it was time to get rid of there some. There was too many. Yeah, so I put two of them for sale on Craigslist for... $30 each, and I got a lot of interest in them. Okay, let me stop you. So $30 each, mm-hmm. because I've got to take on the practical angle. Here. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what do you think they cost you each? Oh, goodness. Um, How many bags of feed? Maybe four at like $30 a bag. Okay, but so we had 30, eight birds, right? 60. Mm-hmm. So that's half a bag per bird. So what's 120 divided by eight? How that, much is that's a half bag? A, about 30 bucks. So, so half a bag per bird. Okay, so that'd be about 15 bucks per bird then. Okay. Plus they probably cost seven. I'm going to just aim high and say $7 because I had to, you know, I bought some fancy breeds and and got them all vaccinated and all that stuff. I'm sure you could get cheaper chickens. So probably about $20 per bird. So I really didn't make... You made $10 a bird. Yeah, it's really nothing. Maybe a little bit less if you count in power bills. Yeah, yeah. I think I didn't really make money selling the chickens but you made probably at least five dollars yeah and what's more is um i practically paid for the cost of getting the chickens so that was kind of cool and um true 
I mean, I charged, I felt like a, a higher price for them because they were fed on all organic food and... Right. You know. I don't think we paid seven a, p a head for them, though, from the hatchery. Maybe more like four five. to five. Four to five bucks, I think. Yeah. But nonetheless, I don't feel like I made any money. Like, if I were trying to do it as a profession or to, like, make a profit, I think I would be kind of disappointed, but I thought it was a lot of fun raising them and, um, well, yeah. No, so there is an interesting thing there, which is that you, we hardly had them for any amount of time. Mm-hmm. And we did make money. Right. And I could have gotten, I could have sold them sooner, but, um, you know, we left for a month, so. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could, you could have sold them sooner. And that would have eliminated. Probably just as much money. Yeah, that would have eliminated two bags of food because they ate a lot. They, they started, really they started, started just eating, eating and, and at an amazing rate once they got bigger. That's true, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's something to consider, is if you want to just raise hens for mm -hmm. profit, you sell them on that eating curve. Get, them, get rid of them young. <laughs> right. Well, really? there's this point where they just really start to pound oh, yeah. down, put on weight, Whew. and you want to sell them off then. Mm -hmm. but you did make money, and had you bought in larger quantities, mm -hmm. uh, you would have made more money because the heat lamp would have... Yeah fit more birds you would have gotten a lower rate on the per head sure cost. all sorts of stuff what yeah. may, would have made it a lot more profitable is if i had been able to get the mother hens to do most of the work that's um, a good point so if you're doing that and you got a rooster i think you really could make money most of the money that i spent on the initial purchase of the chicks um, a large portion of it was having them shipped because Right. They do it overnight, like as fast as possible, so that they get here quickly, and, and it's quite expensive. But had, uh, yeah, so had they been produced on site, whether mm -hmm. or not you let the mother raise them aside. Um, I bet you can make 20 bucks each profit. More like 20, maybe more. You would have cut off all that cost, and then if you do let the mother raise them, you don't have to worry about heating and... Uh, then there's, a, well, depending on where you are, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's the money and food where, you know, uh, you have to feed them when they're inside under a heat lamp because there's no food outside. But if you uh, leave that to mom, then, you know, maybe there's a higher profit margin there. Mm -hmm. And uh, this does kind of tie into Guatemala in a way because... Guatemala, there, like you said, there's chickens everywhere, but there's no, um, there's no heat lamps and gravity <laughs> feeders, and you know, newspaper, well, you know, sterile environment boxes going on there. I don't think they, they have a completely different strategy, and we'll talk about the strategy later. But that's me rabbit trailing in the wrong direction mm -hmm. again. So yeah, you sold them on Craigslist. I did, and it was interesting. Um, I Like I said, I got a lot of responses about the chickens. Um, a lot of people flaked out, didn't follow through. Um, one person comes to mind in that they wrote to me asking about the chickens for sale. They said they were interested and wanted to buy them and then proceeded to ask me um, if they needed a rooster to lay eggs and then they also mentioned that they were getting them um, because their young children wanted chickens and uh, 
I kind of discourage the person. Um, That's polite. Yeah, just because I, I really care about the chickens, and I, I think that, um, you know, if you don't have a, an adult kind of really committed, they're the ones excited about raising and taking care of the chickens and following through with the project. You, you don't want to uh, leave it up to the kids to, because they'll sometimes lose enthusiasm about it pretty quickly. And then, you know, just that he asked me if, um, you know, uh, you needed a rooster to have the hens lay eggs, it kind of caused me to take pause and wonder if he had done any research at all about um, raising chickens. So um, I didn't sell them to him. <laughs> and another pe uh, person called and, you know, they mentioned that they already had chickens and they, they went on to say they had a quarantine box and another box to put them in. And I, so I thought, well, this person knows what's going on and they're prepared to to take care of the chickens so they they went to a new home and so that was cool yeah that first guy uh spawned a whole conversation hatched a whole conversation <laughs> between amber and i uh, about how there's lots of articles online and all over the place about picking chickens you know when you go to buy them but there aren't very many about there aren't very many articles about uh, picking buyers mm -hmm. and if you do have you know a very personal relationship with your chickens you kind of care about what's happening to them and even if you're the kind of person uh, that raises chickens chops their heads off and eats them for dinner and there's no, of course there's nothing wrong with that I'm not implying that but e I think even if you're that kind of person you want to um at least sell your birds to people that are going to do all of that properly. So, you know, we kind of started talking about basically how to avoid clueless people, and that guy dropped the red flag when he, uh, <laughs> when he asked, you know, do you need a rooster for yeah. the hens to lay eggs? Because that, I said, you know, it's not that he's, he, uh, doesn't know how to take care of the birds it's that he clearly doesn't even hasn't even had enough interest in doing basic research about this project that he wants to take on yeah I wanted to suggest to him you know I didn't and I kind of regret it but suggest to him if he's just kind of trying it out to um do the rental chicken thing or get some retired battery hens because anything is better than that and you know whatever's happening at his house whether it's an experiment or not is probably an improvement and they're already older so if you find you don't really like raising the chickens then you know <laughs> starter chickens it, people don't realize it's chickens live a very long time you know very well, long time it would be fine for him to start out with your birds if he I was mean, the one everybody has to start with some birds you sure know. sure but my gosh dude five minutes of googling basic questions that you have about chickens before you start ringing people up to go get them yeah and don't expect your kids to take care of them <laughs> so that's you know right that's one so that's a couple of things that i've looked considered in in uh finding rehoming chickens is you know does this person have any idea what they're getting into uh are they trying to find out 
Are they going to just leave the birds to their for their children to take care of? Do their children know how to take care of birds? Um, you know, I, I brought up the point, well, maybe his children are teenagers in 4-H or something, except he said small children, which kind of implied, you know, when small kids are taking care of animals, it's almost always the adults that really are, and if the adult has no idea what they're doing, then the animals, you know, could be in bed in a bad way, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, you know, when people come over to about to look at your birds to see if they want to buy them, look at the people and, you know. And just ask a lot of questions beforehand. With the second buyers, I actually kind of asked them some questions because I got worried that, well, gosh, maybe maybe they don't have a good environment for the chickens or they don't know how to take care of them. And I went, you know, I spent a lot of time and energy really just... You know, there was some chicks, you probably remember from the past shows, where we had to nurture them back to health and basically save them and keep them alive. Right. And after going through that, it's just like you want to make sure they're they're going to be around <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, you did, you did some pretty good saving maneuvers on those. I was pretty impressed with that. <laughs> I kind of just uh, didn't didn't know some of those yeah but. and it's funny because we didn't get we didn't rehome the one that had the most problems the runt that we had to save yeah, several times we actually kept that one even though it wasn't the most healthy bird we kind of been through a lot with it so yeah we, <laughs> we decided to keep her well you know and, and runts aren't necessarily bad genetic stock either mm -hmm. um in fact they can be superior in some ways because mm -hmm. they have, you know, that adaptable strength. Um, so, yeah. But people, pick anything else about picking people? Yeah, so, I, I, I know. Um, so what I try to do is ask them questions in ways that appear to be helpful but are actually interrogative in nature. <laughs> so getting a little Very devious clever. with my, my Very chicken clever. buyers, you know. So I keep an eye on you. So yeah, do you guys uh, have a watering setup or what? You know, uh, <laughs> how big is your coop? Yeah. How many do you have? Have you raised them before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, uh, you know, you could say things about the particular breed you're selling. It's, now, I don't know if you know about this particular variety, mm -hmm. but, you know, and just sort of see how people react or watch how they pick up birds or, like, a lot of times I'll just sit back and watch and see what their plan is for catching the birds. And I've mm -hmm. already, you know, kind of cornered them into one pen. Yeah. So they're catchable, but, you know. Yeah, it might be a good time to advise them in ways that might help your chicken have a happy future. Just notice some things that might be very helpful for them to know as as they interact with the birds. But my first my first question is: So, have you been into chickens for a while? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they say, "Oh no, we're just getting started," it's like, "Oh well, you know." Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And if they seem like they know some things and, you know, well, yeah, we got our heater, we got our feed, you know, feeder, water, 
or this is our scoop setup, and it's like, okay, well, these people have done their homework. Because chickens are really pretty indestructible. I mean, it's you have to really not take care of them. Mm-hmm. It's true. But anyhow, uh, yeah, so that sort of brought that up, and we sold two birds, made a very small amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, but it's a small-scale thing, so, yeah. yeah. And... You know, the real return is in the eggs, laying birds, mm-hmm. so, yeah. And I, I just found it to be so delightful raising them, actually, too. <laughs> I imagine if we'd done the fermented feed thing, it would have been even cheaper. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and healthier and all of that, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that in another show. Mm-hmm. Well, um... Chickens in the news. Yes, the chicken cabinet of curiosities. That's it. Yes. So there's been a lot of articles that I noticed online recently about chickens playing music. And there's even some chicken bands. There's one called the Flock Stars. And... um, they have a little group of chickens that play musical instruments and uh the chickens play the instruments i thought that was it was pretty cool that the people who own the chickens say that they're only doing youtube videos and not taking the chickens on tour or anything like that because they don't want to stress them out um <laughs> well there's a labor union oh yes labor <laughs> there's some, some different things i saw there's chickens that play keyboards, and there's a lot of old Casios and cheaper keyboards that have a learning setting where the keys light up as it plays a kind of backing track, and then you are supposed to hit the button or the key that lights up. So some people have taken advantage of the chicken's tendency to want to peck, things like that. Right. So they have chickens playing along on these Casios, all kinds of tunes. They have a chicken playing, like, the national anthem or something. It's it's very funny. Um, Another guy, I wish I could remember his name, but he puts food on a little toy piano, and the chicken pecks it, and I guess he records it, and I can only assume that he's such a gifted guitar player that he actually writes an arrangement based on what the chicken has done and it sounds really good and it it goes together quite nicely it's it's very impressive and very fun and then um there's other people who have um put up xylophones and bells and things like that to cure their chickens of boredom and the chickens actually really are into playing these instruments so that's kind of fascinating so and the chickens do it unprompted i mean they yeah they do they don't have to be fed to do it from what i understand aside from putting food on the keyboard of course um the chicken's natural curiosity and you know mm-hmm. they love to peck lights you can play sure. with chickens with cat, those laser cat toys or shiny mm-hmm. things or moving things so they just kind of seem to take advantage of that with the light up keyboards and then as far as the xylophone on yeah. the the it seems that the chickens just are into, are into it they just <laughs> chickens think it's fun or they it helps with their you know needing something to do and and they'll do it together they'll peck at the 
So it made me, yeah, made me want to find some used kids' toys and maybe put them in the coop and see what happens. Around the yard. Yeah, be really funny. And uh, speaking of music, I guess a Malaysian chicken farm that's also free range has started playing classical music and giving beautiful ambient color changing lighting for their chickens in the coops or in in the coops yeah and it apparently helps them lay more eggs it reduces their stress and they what is get they put on more weight and like stuff party lighting or like um like let's see switches or um it says ambient lighting shifts that's all it says but that huh. brings to mind like you know when usually when people say that it's like those nice colored lights on the walls that kind of gradually morph and change into different color combinations yeah you know are they putting designer drugs in the f the feeders um <laughs> i don't know maybe they put some ecstasy in there some hash very for the chicken little opium den very happy chickens yeah yeah oh my so, gosh so yeah people are um doing all kinds of crazy stuff with the chickens um another news article along the same lines uh basically has to do with tons of mainstream large corporations that you would never expect this from are starting to adopt more strict um, anti-cruelty and animal welfare protocol for their chickens and the reason is is uh, apparently millennials are just all that generation is very very concerned with the welfare of animals and and they don't want to spend money or contribute to these kind of places so it's it seems that the businesses that are thriving are kind of taking having to learn and adapt to people caring more about where their food comes from and they're doing quite well and others um, who have refused to adapt and still just their bottom line is making a buck no matter how they treat the animals are actually tending to fail more so hmm. that was really well, I very that. interesting to me I've yeah uh, we're we're a bit older than the millennial generation yes. <laughs> but we live in a city where there's a lot of uh, a lot of those <laughs> a lot of those people around <laughs> and uh, yeah the you see a lot of bumper stickers and I've heard people talk about, you know, yeah, the animal rights thing is, seems to be really a big deal. Veganism is very mm -hmm. popular, mm -hmm. um, certainly more so than it when I was that age. Right. I mean, nobody, you, you'd, maybe, maybe you'd heard of vegans somewhere. Yeah, and, and those people who are concerned with those things seem to be such a minority that you know you'd think oh they could never influence the way a giant multinational corporation treats their chickens but that's changing so well yeah very cool i i think people um have a lot more power in that arena than they really mm -hmm. imagine they do part of it is uh just 
I think fear, you know, it's the company doesn't want to be seen. Well, there's social media and it's so easy to defame someone and it wasn't in in the past. Except defame means saying something about them that isn't true. But Uh, in this case, you're not actually defaming, you're exposing them. Exposing is a better word. Yeah, Yeah. because they're actually some Mm -hmm. some bad things happen. But this is a great article because apparently the tide is changing. And I suspect, you know, with these things, once it starts to change, it tends to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can almost expect a lot more. considerations for the animals that we eat so that's very nice news Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean i don't see why it can't be done and still be affordable and yeah yeah progress yay yeah (laughs) that's cool oh one thing i forgot to mention is uh another study just real quick that they they found um that also keeping eggs under at least 12 hours of light a day um, makes the chicks a lot more calm and friendly and less likely to be stressed out and they did some tests like that and eggs are typically incubated in a warm dark place in the darkness so they might be changing that too just to raise um, try to raise chicks that are less susceptible to stress because the, they will um, hurt themselves a lot less and just have a better existence as far as being in a farm situation. More That's, chilled out chickens. Yeah, yeah. Did mm. uh, that article say why? They have not figured out why the study took place at, um, the, at, at UC Davis. Ah, UC Davis. Uh, yeah, so they um, did they did the tests and they determined this, but they are still working out why this would be the case. Because it, to me, it seems really counterintuitive. I would think mm-hmm. that dark means mom is on the nest and that's good and calming, not mm-hmm. lots of light. I thought exactly the same thing. That nature would be the eggs would be covered most right. of the time. I mean, if mom's not on the nest that means the heater's gone and that's probably i mean they do leave but i wonder if the light long i wonder if the certainly not 12 hours right that's kind of do you think that the light could maybe not have so much to do with it as the heat generated from the light that that's one possibility maybe they'll look into that and find out if it's actually not light davis would have thought of that yeah, I would too. Actually, but it would make sense. Yeah, I I doubt it. But yeah. Well, yeah. Perhaps we'll find out just why that's, these chickens are more strange. calm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that they will have their follow-ups. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's it for chickens in the news. Oh, so. all right then. That's great. Great. And that means that we can move on to talking about chickens in Guatemala because that was a pretty interesting, there were a lot of interesting things to see about that. Yeah, it was very different than than here, that's for sure. One thing I can't get over is uh, that they had naked necks there. And lots of naked necks, too. That was pretty weird. Yeah. So... Hmm. Yeah, that's just my little aside. I, I just found that particularly fascinating. But uh, 
Wow, yeah, so chickens are very important to yes. uh, the people in Guatemala. I guess I should, you know, sort of make a disclaimer, which is that we're going to be talking about the people mostly around Lake Atitlan, Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And Guatemala is, a well, it's not a big country, but it's much bigger than where we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Guatemala City, second largest city in the Americas, I believe, and they aren't living the same as these people. We spent most of our time with uh, the Maya people around the lake and villages. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about Guatemala, and Guatemalans, that's really who we're talking about. Some of more undeveloped areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one other place that we did stay was Antigua. And Antigua wasn't exactly the same. It's much, it's more citified there. There were a lot less chickens, I think. I, I agree. Less chickens. And um, although I do know that that place does have a, quite a few chickens from my previous trips, I've seen <laughs> it. But it, it you know, uh, it was much quieter in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of that had to do with where we stayed. By the way, if you go to one of these countries where they have 50 bazillion roosters in every city, think about that when you pick a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our places, they were open air mm-hmm. uh, between the ceiling and the top of the wall. Because you don't really need it closed there for the weather. It's beneficial to have the ventilation, but right. boy, oh boy. And that just means all kinds of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 5 a.m. <laughs> Every day, yeah. like about 300 roosters. Just In think some of, of the villages. all the different from every distance like loud roosters right outside your room to distant roosters all at the same time and then the roosters get all the stray dogs barking it was a cockadoodle cacophony it was (laughs) it was something else i've never experienced anything like that yeah (laughs) yeah but uh so gosh yeah we don't really um do that here because i guess because we uh, outsource our meat production to these big factories and then they raise uh, hens only. Mm-hmm. But their people raise the males yeah. for meat. And there's no laws there here. A lot of cities ban chickens or roosters especially. And there, I mean, we what? went to a house that had five roosters in the yard. We, we were looking for a house to buy, which is, you know, a whole different subject. But so we got to look at a lot of people's front yards and get a little tour of their homes. And yeah, this one guy, he had five um, roosters or steak just staked out in his front yard. And I was thinking that first that maybe they were fighting birds, but they didn't look like fighting birds at all. They looked like birds that were just being raised in his front yard, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it was so that they could eat them. Yeah, and they had a little stake pegged into the ground and then a, a rope around the, the rooster's foot, so they each had a little circumference that they could wander around in where they wouldn't get into the other one's territory. Yeah, not a spectacular uh, living situation for them. 
really. But and I assume that they're being fed. Yeah, they um, seemed well taken care of, and and you know I even reached down and petted one of them, and it didn't attack me, even though I was yeah. concerned it might. So they they couldn't have been too afraid of humans or mistreated, I don't think. So. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, they couldn't tell people not to do it. Mm-hmm. They, the people need those birds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very poor country. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, someone told us that they're really a big part of their economy because they save them a lot of money. And when they, whenever they have extra, they'll trade it for firewood, for different services, all yeah. kinds of things. Chickens are chickens practically are money. Yeah, chickens are money, basically. Practically, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so there were a lot of different strategies we saw. Um, one thing that I, that was interesting was the mother hens and how some of them were tethered in people's yards, and that kept the chicks around, which I thought was a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Um but there was also sort of the run wild thing. Tons of mother hens with babies just in the street, in the coffee plantations. Just basically, everywhere. pretty much everywhere. Yeah, just yeah. everywhere. And then you see little groups of baby chicks that looked like maybe they were two months, couple weeks old, with no mothers, just doing their own thing, and then... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, amazing that because there's also all these dogs around. Lots of stray dogs. And (laughs) so Amber and I were sitting there at this uh, what was that place? Maya Cheek. Maya (laughs) Cheek in uh, San San Juan. San Juan. La Laguna. Yeah. La Laguna. Maya Cheek is a vegan has a vegan restaurant there, and uh, that's. So when you're in San Juan, La Laguna, La Laguna, and that last part is important to some people there, um, <laughs> in Lake Atitlan, you can stop there, and it's a very nice place. I, I liked it. It's beautiful. A beautiful place, yeah. So, but gosh, yeah, but they had that place had chicks everywhere they they didn't all over the yard yeah and they weren't theirs they were from the people who lived in the neighborhood and their their chickens just all ages running all over the place there <laughs> that guy had just chicken madness probably like 30 chickens oh at least at least 30 chickens i i would say 30 chicks yeah yeah i mean there were just troops of them <laughs> every, everywhere and out across the so this guy's property <laughs> butted up against basically the wild and this uh bed and breakfast eco farm farm place mm-hmm. that has the all these gardens restaurant. yes and then there's dogs running everywhere so amber and i were just sitting there going boy it's amazing because the dogs there are also kind of just free range and forage, uh, uh, most of them. And tons of them. So a lot of them look really thin and uh, have problems and stuff like that. And you're just, don't the dogs kill the chickens? But there's so many chickens around. And the answer is yes. Yes, they do eat the chickens. In fact, yeah, we saw it happen as we were eating a vegan meal outside the door. <laughs> there was a dog that had gotten a little chicken. It was quite sad, but um, 
you know, there it's nature, and there are so many chickens yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So they presumably have um, selective pressure to be, you know, to uh, be avoidant to predators in sufficient, you know, amounts to actually survive hungry feral dogs roaming all over the place looking for a little chick snack. Mm-hmm. Kind of amazing. It is kind of amazing, actually, yeah. that they survive. Yeah. Well, the, the, they're also prolific. I mm, mean, very, very. So how very, many very. chicks did that one hen have? Well, I saw the most I saw with one hen was 12. 12. 12. Which I didn't even chicks. think that was possible. 12. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I was thinking maybe the guy did some funny business and snuck extra eggs or something under the mother to get her to maybe. take care of Maybe. I don't know. But he had it going on. That guy was also growing corn. Mm-hmm. So he was growing corn somewhere, bringing the corn in, and just, he had a grinder in his front yard. And, and it's like a kiddie pool almost, and, and it was going in the kiddie pool. Feeding all of these birds that were fanning out all over the countryside. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them get eaten, but... A lot of them don't. Yeah, it was interesting talking to the woman who um, ran the place about the chickens because um, I was wondering, you know, do all these chickens that you see wandering around in Guatemala actually belong to someone? And how do they keep track of them? She said they do belong to someone. And uh, she couldn't quite explain to me how exactly people kept track of them she just said well if they're not yours then you don't use you don't take them or whatever um but um she had some interesting things happen where i don't know what the custom really is but this one particular fellow across the street she has dogs that are hers on her property and there's a fence around the property but the chicks can still get through the fence so the chicks come over and then they get eaten and then he wants her to pay for the the chicks that got killed but she's well it never hurts to ask kind (laughs) of kind of like well no the the dogs weren't on your property so yeah i don't know what the custom really is there but i i definitely wondered how do people keep track of all these chickens because people don't keep them in pens or enclosures there i really didn't see that I, i don't think i ever saw it once i think there might have been some yeah i think they're also just raised to come back mm-hmm. you know so they come back every night or they don't i mean it's kind of amazing though because i i don't trust my chickens to get you know stay out of trouble if i were to leave them roaming free so it's kind of incredible to me so that was more out in the area around town mm-hmm. when you get closer into the center of town you see less of free running chickens and more people have a small number of them and keep them confined Mm -hmm. or tethered or something like that and then that chicken is basically the household's food scrap digester Mm -hmm. i think yeah or they let it out and it just in a small area in town like even when we were walking through the neighborhoods where there's no yards you know Mm -hmm. um you'd still see people's chickens running around in construction sites you see roosters in the middle of the road and little dirt spots between the houses and stuff like that so which is why the village was so loud Mm -hmm. so they had different ways of handling it there uh 
You know, I don't think that that, I mean, the farmer guy that had the million chickens couldn't possibly keep up with them all with food scraps from his house, so mm-hmm. he had the corn thing going on. And they seem to roam free in the, there's farms and coffee plantations yeah. in the area, and the, the fields with the coffee plants were just full of tons chickens. of chickens and tons of dogs. It was just like a... Free, free area for these creatures to just wander around and pick up scraps and look for bugs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, right, and no, and uh, you just don't take them if they're not yours. Yeah. But uh, I would have trouble figuring out which ones were mine because, my goodness, there's just so many. (laughs) And things get kind of medieval there, you know, I mean, in the sense that, like, chicken thieves they uh the the mayan people well they'll be executed sometimes yeah they'll kill you for there's a story about a guy that i was reading that he was stealing chickens consistently and they were trying to catch him and you know they don't do things like that without giving you proper warning but apparently they warned him a bunch of times he kept stealing the chickens and they uh they did execute him publicly so yeah Hard yeah, doesn't crime doesn't pay in no, Guatemala. No, it's a very safe place there. Actually, there's not a lot of crime. Yeah, and uh, people don't cause problems. Yeah, because it it, w- it won't it be like serious. you're going to jail. It might be worse. Yeah, they you don't, might not get fined. You might get your butt kicked. They don't put a lot of people in a box and feed them. No. <laughs> too many volunteers, <laughs> actually. Yeah, because it's such a poor country, but, uh, yeah, they'll they'll make sure you don't cause problems there. Stealing is a bad idea. Yeah, so they don't have problems with people stealing the chickens, even though they're just wandering everywhere. So, uh, let's see. One, one of the things was the chicken transport system there, uh, oh. which is such <laughs> a thing. So, let's see. Uh, there's the basket with uh-huh. the net. Uh-huh. Right, so you'd see people selling these baskets stuffed full of chickens with a net over. They'll it. carry it on top of their head, giant basket full of chickens. Which is kind of comical because the chickens <laughs> will like stick their heads up through the netting, so you'll see this person walking along with a basket with all of these chicken heads randomly like poking up and down, you know, and looking around. And, and some of those chickens, they look like they're drugged or something. Like I wondered, they gave them something. Cause they just look so like tired like <laughs> yeah who knows maybe um it's from the chicken bus <laughs> maybe right. yeah so yeah they have the chicken buses which are uh basically repurposed school buses from north america that the guatemalans use to transport bus loads of people from all over like North Mex, you can get a chicken bus to practically the United States um, from Guatemala or down to uh, Costa Rica, uh, all over the place. And they're called chicken buses because people bring chickens on them. Mm-hmm. Although I think now in Guatemala that you don't actually get, you don't take the chicken inside the bus with no. you. They, they they're in the baskets on the top. I saw some chicken. Strapped to the top yeah, of the school bus. The, the school bus has a rack on the top. And I, I have a picture of one I took 
that has like just a ton of baskets up there with the chicken heads poking out. Oh, so the yeah. chickens are that on top to of the bus. The and I don't know if they let the chickens inside the bus. I don't know. Maybe if you just have a nice, well-behaved. It's hard to say. You can stick it under your jacket and take it on the chicken bus. What do you think? Yeah, I think I would try it. I bet you could. I would try to smuggle the chicken onto the chicken bus. Just on principle. Just stretch the rules a little bit. Well, it's the chicken bus. Think outside the basket, you know? Right, (laughs) yeah. And then they had the boxes at the market, too, that had chicks chicks in them. You just hear this beep, beep, That was really cute. You see Mm -hmm. girls. It seemed like often the younger girls would just have, like, a little basket full of chicks, and you'd be walking in this very noisy, busy, colorful marketplace and then hear, like, this little chorus of peeping and be like, where is that coming from? And then find the little chicks in the basket. (laughs) So what I thought was really interesting was how they, um, they're not buying chicken feed for their chickens. Those chickens are, and they're not like putting them in incubators, certainly. Could you imagine? (laughs) Except in the village, like the, the grandma shaman that we stay with had a, uh, some chickens and they didn't let those run free. They had a little shed, and they... But they were more in town. Yeah, they were in the little... little yeah. in People town. in town keep their chickens confined. Yeah. People out in the... Don't feed them. Sites. Yeah. But yeah, they're feeding them food scraps, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure those get let out. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Into the yard. And yeah. The, but yeah, they're basically left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. So raising them is virtually no cost, apparently. And buying them is relatively kind of expensive. So Guatemala, ju- just for some sense of scale here, um, just passed legislation where they're moving the minimum wage up to $11 a day. That's a day, $11 a day. And some people get would get paid $8 a day very recently. Most people there uh don't have a job that makes minimum wage. They work, you know, off the books, making less than eleven dollars a day. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, you get a job that's eleven bucks or over. So, you know, the cost of a chicken, or you know, what did you say you paid for a bag of chicken feed? Oh, like the thirty dollars or so. Yeah. So there, it would probably be forty, mm-hmm. because. Anything that isn't produced locally costs more than it costs... And a lot more. ...in the United States. Sometimes a lot more. That's one thing people don't really understand about... A lot of people don't really understand about the developing world is that the money is worth less and things cost more. Not the money is worth less and things cost less. Some things cost less. Anything local is really cheap. Labor costs Services, less. Services, housing. Beans cost less. Tortillas cost less. Mm-hmm. The local version of a, you know, uh, 7-Up costs less than a 7-Up costs in the United States. But... Um, and in fact, a Seven Up costs less because Seven Up is bottled locally. But let's see, what's something that isn't? You know, uh, I don't know, 
like say Jiffy peanut butter or a Cheetos, can yeah. of tuna, you know, star kissed tuna imported from America. Expect to pay like twice as much. Could be. Yeah. More. It's expensive. Right. So yeah, people aren't buying incubators, heat lamps, gra- no. plastic gravity feeders. We don't, they don't have the convenience. And, and in fact, in some of the towns we went to look for certain items and started noticing that every single store has kind of the same inventory and it's really limited so it's like if you want anything different you might have to drive four hours to a bigger city or just deal with you know i think that's partly an artifact of um i mean that's how it is here we just don't notice like Mm -hmm. if you were to randomly walk through our neighborhood you'd come across corner grocery store after corner grocery store and most of those places pretty much all have the same stuff in them mm-hmm. but you know and if you were a foreigner you might think oh my gosh why <clears throat> i'm going to have to live off of uh, ho-hos frosted flakes and mustard mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. what the corner stores snickers bars but well, what you don't like know is that there's a grocery store that's five blocks that way that everybody goes to for their real grocery shopping. Well, I would say a good example from my perspective would be like, say Target or any similar store like that or Safeway and condense whatever they have for inventory down to maybe an eighth or a quarter of the variety of what they have. And then you can kind of expect to see that in every single place. So we have stores where... You go there, and if you don't like a pot in one color, you have ten other choices of different yeah, colors. Not or so much there. No, it's kind of like you get maybe one or two choices, and and that's it. Every single store has the same kind of stuff. And I think it's because it's really hard to import things, really expensive. That would make sense because yeah. my understanding <clears throat> is Guatemala City is different. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're right by the airport. In fact, yeah. The airport is there. Yeah. We so. were kind of far far out, but still, I thought in a large city, you know, large, not giant. So let's see. Um, my friend, I have a friend in Guatemala um, named Alex. He's a tour guide for a kayaking company that um, whose name escapes me but at the moment. But anyway, we stayed there f- at his place for about a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, his, he lives with his wife and his mother-in-law and his two kids and his father-in-law. And they're such a wonderful family. They're really, uh, they were really nice to us. And uh, the kids are very sweet. And Gaspar is <laughs> a great guy. Um, his mother-in-law, Alex's mother-in-law, is the is a village shamaness. She does uh, healings and prayers and consultations for the people of the village. And man, she's um, she she, does, she means it too. I mean, mm-hmm. she had a right. There was always somebody there. With always her, someone there. And in like business hours, she has. And they would, they would be singing and chanting and lighting candles, and she has a beautiful room with with shrines and flowers, and it's very beautiful. Yeah, statues of the various uh, Catholic uh, saints and the Mayan tribal 
uh, well, not gods, but like spirits, heroes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think there's some gods there. But at any rate, boy, yeah, she had people lined up out the door sometimes, literally, and they would just sit there and wait for her. And it was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> and she's, gosh, I don't know, 80, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Probably older because those old ladies always surprise you with how much older they are than they look mm-hmm. but uh so we got to interview her mm-hmm. about chickens through alex who was interpreting um and that was a treat we caught we came up with the idea because they mentioned that she was going to market to get chickens mm-hmm. so we thought that we'd It'd be interesting to ask her about chickens, and we were kind of hoping what we were kind of shooting for was an interview that had to do with the uh, significance of the chicken in Mayan religious custom and life, but I think mostly we just got um, a Mayan grandmother's perspective on chickens in and the importance of chickens in Mayan life, which is neat. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess one other thing I'd say about the interview is that I was under the impression that she mainly spoke Mayan, Maya, and not so much Spanish. And I think that might have been the case three years ago when I first uh, met them. So in the interview, I say... Okay, Alex is going to be translating uh, from Maya, Maya and Mayan, and he's not. Yeah, he's she's speaking in Spanish, I realized, later. So, So yeah, that kind of, I didn't want to mislead anybody there with the interview. But we recorded a good little over 10-minute interview with her on what chickens are to uh, the Mayan people. Mm-hmm. So... Do we have anything else we want to say about Guatemala chickens? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think we mostly covered it. I guess the the really big picture interesting thing to me was how chickens were not like a lifestyle choice to these people. A lot of them didn't. I mean, I guess it is a lifestyle choice to them, too, but it's a different kind of lifestyle choice. It's not a hobby. Uh, they're doing... They, they've got chickens because they're trying to get by in life, mm-hmm. save money, put food on the table. So it's, it's very utilitarian to them. It's entirely utilitarian to them, actually. So... Um, and that shapes how they take care of them and raise them how many of them they have, how they look at managing them in a way that I thought was, you know, very different than what I was used to seeing in the United States, where it's like, sure, let's spend $1,200 on a super fly chicken house. And yeah, and all the choices and varieties we have, I think they don't care so much about that. They just... We'll spend $75 at a hatchery, $10 for a feeder, $10 for a waterer, $15 mm-hmm. for a headlamp, uh, headlamp, uh, lamp. with <laughs> 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 your headlamp and look at the chicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really shows that you can do things so minimally and be very successful because, boy, those things had no supervision and just they were everywhere. They were doing just fine. 
Yeah, certainly lack of space was not an excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm still not quite sure how those chickens were surviving in the middle of town with so <laughs> many others, but they were. Yeah. Well, great. So, without further ado, uh, I guess we should play the interview. Yeah, yes. This is Alex and Juana. Okay, everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast. Uh, we are in a very special location, beautiful Lake Atitlan, in the wonderful, wonderful village of Santa Catarina Palopo. I'm here with uh, Juana, who um, is a local elder in uh, this community, and her son-in-law, Alex, who has been gracious enough to help translate since Juana speaks Mayan and not Spanish, and I'm not really good with either, so you're going to hear Alex, and you're going to hear Juana talking, and that's what's going on there. Alex here is a uh, fantastic tour guide around the lake. He's been very gracious and showing me around for the last few trips that I've had here and I would really be lost without him. Uh, Alex, what's your last name and the company that you work for? My last name is Vicente Lopez. So the company we work with, uh, it's Kayak Guatemala and uh, Los Elementos Atitlan. Kayak Guatemala, yes. And uh, Elementos Atitlan. Ah, okay, very good. Uh, and I'll be uh, going over that again later in the show after we're done with the interview here. So, um, chickens, yes, how does all of this tie into chickens? Well, I'd say that chickens are an integral part of life here. Everybody has chickens here. Well, maybe not everybody, and we're going to get into that. But uh, they're a very important part of life for a lot of different reasons, so we thought it would be useful to... Uh, ask some questions because uh, people handle chickens here different than uh, us chicken enthusiasts in North America and there's a lot of different contrast and things we can learn there so why don't we start by asking some questions. What's the question? What you would like to learn about chicken here in Guatemala? We can help you a little bit with so Mm. Let us know. <laughs> just think about it. Well, are, are chickens sacred to people or are they more just a food source in, in Mayan culture? Um, Nana, I'm, I'm asking a question to, to, uh-huh. to my, my mother-in-law. Nana, uh-huh. eh, los pollos para usted eh, son para, para vender o para comida? Los, ajá, lo, lo que usted tiene o los patos. O para comida lo usa o para vender? Para qué no, lo usa? Solo para comida. Eh, like on this case, in, in this family with her, uh, it's 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 uh, it's uh, it's just to eat, just mm-hmm. for for special uh, moments or like or or can be like for for to celebrating like a ceremony, uh-huh. Mayan ceremony, uh-huh. you know, like mm-hmm. special things, special, special occasion. Yes. But you know, because most of the people, they, they are, are, are raising chicken over here. Uh-huh. But most of the people, uh, they use, like, uh, 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 most of the time to sell it. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh. or to get eggs from them. Yes. So yes. it's like kind of the kinda chicken. Money. It's it's like, more. It's like kind of important yes. for the economy here yes. in Guatemala. Like you know, like uh, like when you buy a chicken, so uh-huh. you know it's not just to feed them. Yeah. It's help you to get clean. You things, you know, the the the, the things you you. You, you you don't finish it on the kitchen uh-huh. so they the chicken eat that so helps you to clean your house something like that the chicken the is. chicken so you know like you know for example you you don't finish rice yeah so and then we give it to the chicken oh, so we don't throw yes. it out yes. so we we give it to the chicken yeah. so that's how we raise the chicken and the chicken because we feed them uh-huh. you know uh-huh. so we know we're gonna get eggs from from them, you okay. know, so they're gonna help us. Uh-huh. So it's like more people here, like they raising raising chicken yes. for their family. It's to help the family, yes. you know, to help yes. little little bit about the economy. Yes, you know? yes. So that's so, Juana said that for her family, it was just for food. For food, yes, are yes. There, are there other families that use chickens for other purposes besides food? Uh, sometimes f- to to get to get some uh, uh, nana eh, al- algunas veces uh, algunas veces uh, eh, el, el, el pollo lo puedes hacer para un negocio o no se puede cómo es usted siente es para un para una enfermedad ay ay so like no coma. Uh, uh-huh. So for them, like if you buy a chicken, mm-hmm. so you're gonna buy it specific. Like if you're thinking about the chicken, it's uh, uh if you're thinking about the chicken, you know, like like uh, I'm gonna buy this chicken for the future if I'm get sick. Uh-huh. So I can sell it. Uh-huh. And, and use the money uh-huh. to to fix myself, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. or can be like I'm gonna buy this chicken because I'm gonna make a ceremony uh-huh. to six months, uh-huh. you know, on six months, uh-huh. or can be, you know, my my son's birthday. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be on this date, and then uh, uh, I wanna buy this chicken special yeah. for that. So yeah. like some everybody they buy chicken. For some reason. Some reason. Well, how would they treat the chicken for that's for the special ceremony different than the chicken that is for eating for your birthday or eating, um, you know, like do they eat? Do they feed the chickens different things or they get treated different than the um, other chickens? I guess. Pero eh, para 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 hacer eso, Nana, usted usted a uh, cómo se llama. Tiene que dar una comida especial o solo comida así? Solo comida así. Solo comida así normal. Sí, para, para el ceremonio. Ay, 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 ay. ay. Uh, it's, 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 it's un, su comida es una pasta. Ay, ay, ay. Like, uh, if, you, if you're raising a chicken, it's just, it don't, no, don't matter. Uh-huh. What's, what, how, how you, you want, you're going to use that chicken. Yeah, yeah. But if, if, if you want to use it for ceremony, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you, you can, you can, you can uh, bring something special to, to the chicken. To the chicken. Because, you, you know, you, you're raising the chicken yeah. for them and they raising the chicken to help them. So yeah. the chicken, it's really special for them. It's like... Like the chicken has a different energy. You want to like, is that what it is? <laughs> the, you want to... Porque, oh, pero ese se puede cualquier animal, ¿verdad? No solo es, se puede paloma, se puede, 
se puede carne o solo es pollo. Solo pollo, dice aquí el señor. So yeah, chest, chest chicken special, couscous. You treat it special. Solamente para un para un trabaja para negocio para viajar para para su vida para su salud es es un pastel y huevo. Ah, ya, ya, ya. Es So oh. you're eating your, your, your bad energy, yeah. so yeah. raise it with happiness, yeah. with love, love, like a yeah. cake, you know, ah, the eggs yeah. give it to you, it's a gift, like a giving yeah. you one cake, like yeah. we did today, it's you like a, you own, yes, yeah. and then, and then, because they give you gift, yeah. Yeah. so for you, you feed them, yeah. so it's a gift, yeah. you make him like a good happy, yeah. so make a good energy with, to eat, Uh -huh. Good energy. Yes. Yes. So that's yes. that's yes. where the way that you That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. See, you, you can do it whatever, but it's different. But the really life with love, yes. with love, harmony, yes. touching with them, you know, not yeah. just like raise them and, and like that. No, yeah. it's raise them with love, and you see it, and you're raising your, like blessing, your own huh? chicken, you yes. know, to, to eat. Yes. To, You 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 create it, you know, you create it mm -hmm. to, 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 to make it to yeah, make you happy when you eat chicken. it. Yes, yes, blessed chicken comes to your heart. Yes. yes. And, and God too. Yeah, you know? that is wonderful. Yes, yes. so that's well um, I know that Juana has been gracious enough to squeeze us in between her clients and Juana does a lot of ceremonies that's for right. healing people and mm -hmm. helping them find clarity in their lives and stuff like that so um, I guess just to close um, maybe you could explain to Juana that this is going to be a recording on the internet and that anybody in the world can hear it if they want to and if there's anything she'd like to say to the people out there in the world from Santa Catarina Palopo uh, we'd like to hear it Nana. Muchísimas gracias uh -huh, por, por, por aceptar esto, uh -huh. por aceptar esto con nosotros, uh -huh. porque esto lo van a poner en internet y van a escuchar muchas uh -huh. gentes. Uh -huh. Entonces, ¿usted quiere decir algo a la gente o uh -huh. quiere saludar? Puede decirle and, ahorita. And it can be about anything, not just sí, 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 eh, <laughs> saludarlos o decirles que... que, que que reciben a Dios en su corazón. No, no puede ser solo en, en pollo, no. Solo qué mensaje usted le gusta. Qué le di algo para, para, para la gente. ¿Qué quisiera decir? Que se cuiden mucho. Que se cuiden. Que tengan. ¿Por oración o no? No, solo, solo así, solo plática. Sí. Que se cuiden mucho. Ah. Cuida su corazón, cuida su familia. Okay. Take care your heart, love your heart, you know, mm -hmm. take care your way where to go mm -hmm. and take care when you are traveling mm -hmm. and take care yourself. Solo esto. Solo esto. So that's that she say, that's all. You and believe a God with your heart. Mm -hmm.
so that's that, that she only she only that she can say to everybody he can hear this message yes because because you know she she would like to talk more she say because you know she's been busy and you know we have another person yeah. there waiting yeah. outside for her so really sorry but Not thank you very much no. for recording it's this and i would really enjoy it and i know she's so laughing to do, to do this so she's really enjoying it because we never have some something like that you know and so appreciate that to you Shannon. well yes thank you very much for your time and uh thank you to the audience for tuning in and we will get back to you with another episode of twin beaks podcast okay great <laughs> <laughs> the niños. <laughs> oh, yes. Wow, wasn't that just great? Oh, my gosh, I just love that interview so much. They're such wonderful people. Oh, I love to staying with them. Yeah. Yeah. Alex uh, and Juana, Juana is his wife's name and his mother in law's name. <laughs> uh, lucky guy. Um, were very gracious hosts to put us up for a week. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, help us out. He's, f I've been going there for three years now, off and on, and uh, Alex has always been helping me out, keeping me from getting too lost. We had so much fun with him, just uh, him showing us around, and gosh, he's just such an enthusiastic, inspiring, and passionate yeah. person. You wouldn't believe it, oh my you know? Gosh. He's yeah. so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Such a good person, too. So, yeah, Alex, uh, his full name is Alex Vicente Lopez, works for Kayak Guatemala and Elementos Atitlan. Um, you, his, you can find him on Facebook, uh, if you're ever there and want a tour of anything, he, he knows the place really well, uh, he knows the history really well too, and he has kind of a different approach, so I, I really would recommend going with him, you won't get the same sort of, uh, experience that you would get with everyone else, he's really interested and connected to his own culture, you know, he was born there, he's really excited, really about excited, people, mm -hmm. He's excited about the Mayan history and culture and the lake and yeah. He's you will learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great time. So yeah, treat it like a cake. Yes. Isn't that great? <laughs> treat your chicken like a cake with love. We're going to ah. put some pictures of Juana and uh, her uh, shrine room there that we were in <laughs> up on the website so you guys can check her out she's she's definitely a character in this yeah. world lady yes and it was so nice of her to squeeze us in between her in, in her busy schedule of shamanizing, yeah. huh? Yeah, we really, um, we would have liked to talk to her longer, but she she really just had so many clients, and, and uh, you know, maybe they had more important things to ask than Probably. <laughs> about the chickens, so Probably. we figured we wouldn't hog all her time. <laughs> but that was nice of her, too. Very sweet, very kind. Well, okay, everybody, um, I hope that you've enjoyed our Big one oh episode, our tenth episode <laughs> of the Twin Beaks podcast. I feel so accomplished. It, it's been quite an accomplishment. Uh, Amber and I are uh, cutting our teeth on on this show in the podcasting world. So 
it's been a bit of a exploratory journey for us and we'd like to thank you all for tagging along <laughs> and uh, being patient with us there in the beginning as we got familiar with the idea uh, please come and visit us on our website we have a great forum there um, where people that listen to the show can trade uh, tricks and tips and tell stories about their chickens and chicken stories and maybe even work out trading with each other that sort of thing and of course uh, we have a lot of art there mm -hmm. photographs various chicken cultural uh, what would you say uh, you know different cultural things you know photos art mm -hmm. sort of yeah we have a gallery of our own photos and hopefully photos of our listeners chickens that we can share and then we have more like art-based art and photography that includes or involves chickens so right that's, that's a lot right. of fun things you can share with us mm -hmm. at our uh, other page there where mm -hmm. you can write us and uh, send us your different you know, send us pictures of your favorite chickens, or if you hear something about that you'd like to hear on the show, or you hear something you have on the questions, show that you'd like, we can investigate and find answers about things. You think that we have avian bird flu, whatever <laughs> it is that you'd like to let us know, get in touch with us on the webpage. Yeah, twinbeakschickenpodcast.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.